So uh, last night, Alma and I had a little adventure, and Flora. Jade's been making little bags of caramels for our neighbors. And so last night in the rain, Alma and Flora and I were the delivery team. And Alma's four, Flora's two, so I was carrying Flora and kind of walking from house to house. We were kind of doing like one delivery at a time. We'd come back at the next one. And uh, we went to a couple doors down, and, you know, it was, it was dark, and uh, kind of this house that we went to, the front door is not really, like, easily accessible. And so we went around to the back, and uh, our neighbor's, uh, our neighbor Lily was in the kitchen, and the door is, like, right on the side of the kitchen, the back door. And so it's raining and wet, and so we kind of went up right to the door, and, you know, Alma puts her face, like, right up against the glass. And I'm like, I'm, you know, you don't want to startle somebody because, you know, it's, it's the back door or whatever. So I just kind of gently knock, you know. I didn't want to bang too loud. And Lily just, like, turned around and just, oh, she saw Alma on the door, and she just jumped. She just leaped out of her shoes. It was, it was, and then she realized it was us, and she came over to the door, and we chatted for a few minutes. And um, she just, you know, just kind of, what are you guys doing for Christmas and all that? And then she said something else. It was really sweet. She said, oh, my goodness, are these the caramels that, uh, that you guys gave us last year? They were so delicious. And so it's just a nice compliment, and they were very thankful. It's just great to interact with them. We walked, walked home and got to pass that along to Jade. Um, and so in that moment, we made a memory. We had a, we had a connection there. And there was, there was some fear, but it was quickly, you know, quickly deferred to, to joy and connection. And uh, in this Advent series, um, season, we've been talking about uh, hope, love, peace, and now this week we're talking about joy. And joy is what Jesus is all about. Listen to the scripture reading for today. It'll be familiar. Hear it again. Maybe it's best if you just listen or maybe you can read on the screen behind me. And there were shepherds, as you saw today, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. Amen. Jesus is all about joy. God wants you to know his joy. Jesus is all about joy. Because joy is relational and God is relational. Joy is that quality, as, as uh, this man Jim Wilder defines, when 
I am glad to be with you, and you are glad to be with me. This passage that we've heard, you know, if you grew up in the church or just watching Charlie Brown on TV, Christmas special, you've heard it 40, 50, 100 times. It's talking about good news. I think for many of us, I'm including myself here, the good news, the gospel, sometimes feels like old news. Or like some mix of good news and then, oh, here's the bad news. The Lord is challenging us in that today. The gospel is good news and it's for our joy. And not just joy, it's, this passage says great joy. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I'm, I'm saying these things to you so that my joy would be in you. And that your joy would be full. That's a huge statement. Jesus talks about um, in the Gospel of John how his followers will be known by their love. And I want to I propose today that the fuel for that and the precursor to that or what goes alongside of that is joy. That Christians are to be known as, an, as a people of incredible joy, continual rejoicing, even in the face of extreme circumstance. Jesus is all about joy. And he's all about it for all people. Which means that you are included. It means that you're not an exception to that. This passage describes there's going to be a Savior born. A Savior That word implies that there's something to be saved from and that God is here to rescue us from a life of inward selfishness and a lack of joy. That's what He's rescuing us from. And all these different little things in our lives that we experience, the hardships, are God is wanting to use to actually build our joy. Not for it to be depleted. Speaks about Jesus, this person, this baby being born, the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's this promised one. We hear this echo that God is one who keeps His promise. Even sometimes when it's a long way coming. That that He's the Lord. That that the incarnation is the centerpiece of the gospel. That God became one of us. Lived a life of joy. Even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. He says, hey, here's the sign. You're going to find this baby wrapped in clothes. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, I I guess... the Savior, who's the Messiah, would have to be a baby at some point, right? I mean, that makes sense. But the real kicker is at the end. 
you'll find this beautiful baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a feed trough. We've heard that passage so many times and the word manger doesn't really mean anything to us in the 21st century. Most of us, we don't, we don't have like farm animals at our place of residence anymore either. So, so even an image of a feed trough for most of us doesn't really do it. But you hear the twist, right? The Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, He's in a feed trough. That's where you're going to find Him. He's amongst the animals. It's going to be dirty in there, kind of smelly. Right from the get-go, this one who is bringing the great joy, who is Himself joy, who has been experiencing joy and sharing joy between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity past, is starting his life poor and in a feed trough for his crib. The Holy Spirit is still speaking to challenge us to look beyond our circumstances, to find a source of joy that goes beyond a quick hit on our phone or the Patriots winning the game. Experiencing that last night did not happen. The Lord's using that for your good. The sugar high, you know, the, 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 the nightcap, whatever it may be. And I'm not preaching that these things are bad. What I'm saying is is that the, the negative things that happen in our lives, Jesus has gone beyond, gone before us and has overcome from a place of extreme joy, the greatest of joy. And if He can live that way, then that's a, that's a possibility for us as well. So, there's a, there, I just want to say that there's a danger... There's a couple dangers. One is, you know, we're not, we're not real with our lives. Um, we just don't admit there's anything bad. How are you, brother? I'm good, brother. God's good. Which, that's true. But we don't want to gloss over the hard things and just ignore pain or whatever's in our hearts. But the other side is that we... We settle for a Christian experience that is less than the great joy that Jesus is wanting to give us. Because we look around and see the brokenness in the world or the challenges in our own lives and we let our experience dictate the level of joy in our life rather than a connection with Jesus that can, that, that a joy that will go beyond everything. And I, I'm, I'm talking about this because I want you to give it to me too. Are you following me? I've not arrived because I'm standing on a stage. God wants to challenge us because He wants us to live a life of remarkable joy. It's what our hearts long for. And what we need to understand is that the path of that is relational. It comes through connection. What's happening at these tables is just a little seed of what that is. Right? We're, we're, we're turning towards one another and we're, we're hopefully there's, there's a, some level of connection that's creating relationship. 
That's the place, guys, that, that Jesus is driving for us right now. Joy is relational. If we want the greatest joy, we have to know Jesus. And you need to know that Jesus is all about your joy. He wants you to live a life of incredible joy. And it comes from knowing Him and being connected to one another, the body. And we need to, 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 to stop ourselves to realize when, when joy is not what's flowing out of us, there's something to examine in what we're believing about God, about our circumstances, about other people, about ourselves that needs to shift. And there's a place relationally, especially with the Lord, that we need to move into. So many challenges. I mean, we could just go out right now and spend the rest of this time saying, hey, name all the things that are really hard in your life right now. Everyone has it. At every table and every seat, there's there's not a person in this room, I can guarantee that there's not something in their life that they say, this is hard for me right now. And it's helpful sometimes to name that. And when we do, though, we need to shift then to say, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what's going on in my life, and now this is what God is saying to me. And this is what I will hold on to in the midst of that. That's the way of Jesus. That's the way that he overcome, that he maintained his joy. He kept his connection with the Father. The passage that I quoted, that Jesus says, I'm saying these things, that my joy will be in you and your joy will be full. That's in the context of the passage where Jesus is talking about abiding in me. What is that? It is relationally connecting to God. He is the source of joy. I was, um, I was on a walk this week with one of these shepherds up here, talking about sheep, you know, and how the, how, the, how the lambs were doing. No, we weren't talking about that. And uh, it was Patrick Schumann. Okay, it was obvious. It probably wasn't one of the other two. Okay. Sorry, Pat. Just, you know. Pat's taking a class right now. One of the books that he's reading is by uh, St. Teresa of Jesus. I say that because I never know how to say Avila or Avila, but her other name was St. Teresa of Jesus. And uh, she wrote a book called The Interior Castle. And one of the things that, that Pat was remarking on as we were talking is just, just saying, man, what she experienced in knowing Jesus and like the ecstasy and the encounter with him and kind of the glory of that. He's, he just His heart was leaping within him to know Jesus, and that same abiding love and joy that she experienced and then wrote about for the rest of us to, you know, for ages and thousands and millions of people to read. Because that's what we're after. I don't want to let each other settle for something less than great joy. That regardless of what's going on in our lives, there's a, there's a spring of life flowing from within us. And I just want to say that is a possibility. Are you with me on this? You've got to get this today. What you see in terms of what joy is around you and what our culture says is not what the limit is for Christians. Because we have a source of joy that is eternal and lasts forever and is always with us. It's Jesus, the incarnate Son of God. He is in you and He loves you. And His great joy is what He is wanting to pour forth if we will learn to abide and rest in Him. Not work really hard to be really good and try to love really bad. No, just to, just to connect with Him. 
Just to pause and say hello to Him. To be with Him. That's the joy. Alright? So I just want to say, challenge me. If you see me not walking in joy, say, Brian, that ain't Jesus. You heard this one... I'm going to go for another minute here. Do not be afraid. The devil wants to rob your joy. And before this service, we were praying, and Melanie said, there's, there's, there's a couple thieves of joy. One is pride. Because we live a life uh, of privilege and uh, expect certain things. And so then it, it leads to complaining, which is challenging the character of God. And so we got to get humble. And, we gotta, and that's what this appreciation stuff is about that you're going to practice in a minute. That's actually a humility. It's receiving the gifts that God's given us. And the second thief is fear. The devil's always seeding fear. Because he knows it's going to steal your joy. It's going to isolate you and push you, push you away from relationships, as is pride and privilege. They both are anti-relational. Fear leads to control and manipulating people so that you can be okay. And pride says, me first. And both of those things push against relationship. So just know, guys, Jesus is all by your joy. And the level of joy, God wants to increase. That this room starts looking like we're all drunk. Like Pentecost. Right? All right. I'll be done. So at your tables, hey, just what is the whole... First, share an appreciation story. This is not just a nice little icebreaker. It's doing something. Right? Gratitude is hugging God back. Okay? You're receiving the good gifts and you're humbling yourself to say, wow, God is actually loving me and doing something and giving me good gifts. And then secondly, just start sharing about what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? How is He challenging you in joy? What's He saying in your life? And maybe there's something else He's saying and that's great. Okay? I'll come up and and give you the cue to pray for each other in just a minute. Thank you, Lord.